the one thing that I think is mostly overlooked in client retention. And I don't hear very many people talking about this, but this I think is even more valuable than all of those things together. This is onboarding. Onboarding for client retention is so important because right from the beginning of your, let's call it contract, you're setting clear expectations in this is what you can expect from me and this is what I expect from you. It's not just a commitment of cash that they've made and here's what I promise for the cash. There's this other relationship where if we work together, we'll get your result, not if we do the work and you have to do nothing, we'll get you the result. One of the things that I do in our onboarding experience is I actually tell my client what makes them an A client. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, and joined as always on Thursday by the lovely Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? Hello, hello, hello. I am good. Excellent. Good. Excellent. Today we're going to talk about client retention, and I think this is a really, really valuable topic because a lot of people talk about lead generation, they talk about marketing, they talk about sales, but very few people talk about client and retention. And why this is so important is that it costs more to acquire a new customer or a new client than it does to keep the clients that you already have. And it's just so makes so much more business sense to keep the customers that you already have for a few reasons. Number one, you, when you get new clients, they're adding on to the top. You're not replacing your clients, so you're increasing your client base. But also, I don't know about you, Tim, but I find it a lot easier to work with clients that you've had for a while than continually bringing in new clients. Getting new clients is hard work. We know that, right? And I think the 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 conventional stat that sort of gets thrown around um, says it's about eight times more expensive to get a new client than than keep an existing one. Mm-hmm. Now that we're talking dollar cost, mm-hmm. right, as well as time cost to get that new client, right, mm-hmm. and so let's put it let's put it in some context, okay, with something I think everyone will understand. I use for something quite a lot. If you were to go on new dates, say you break up with your significant other, right? that sounds horrible. I just don't even like this story in the first place. But keep going. <laughs> trust me, trust me. This will make sense because you. I know. I know you've. You know, you've been divorced before and you have a, a wonderful <laughs> new partner in Leon now. Yes. But say, imagine, imagine for a moment, um, you know, you uh, you find yourself single, you're back onto the dating scene and you're looking for a new life partner, mm-hmm. okay? You don't necessarily find the right one first go unless you're super lucky, okay? Mm-hmm. That absolutely happens. But you'll go on a whole bunch of dates, mm-hmm. okay? So you might go on... 10 dates with 10 different people and then five of those people you go on second dates with and, you know, one or two of those people you go on third dates with before you go, yep, this is the one I want, right? But mm-hmm. all of that investment costing going on those extra dates to find your new partner is sunk cost, right? 
um, once you've got that partner, much easier to keep them. Just mm-hmm. need to remember, you know, important dates and anniversaries and just the little things. I thought you were going to say you just have to remember their name. <laughs> just have. Hopefully you remember their name as well. Oh, my goodness. That killed okay. me. I but honestly it, thought it that's much, what you were going to say. It is much easier to keep a partner you've already got. In the same way mm-hmm. that it's much easier to keep a client. You don't have to invest as much, right, to keep a new client as you do to win a new one. And in the same way that, right, because you're not having to do all that relationship building. Mm-hmm. You already know about them. You're not having to do that onboarding call again. You're not having to do all that business discovery about where they're at and what the goals are again. You already know that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes mm-hmm. much easier to get them. Mm-hmm. I think what um what people sort of miss in terms of client retention is and that the only industry I can think of that probably doesn't have great client retention and other than maybe funerals or having just had hand surgery. Um I'm I'm hoping I don't have to go and see my surgeon again anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But even there, I might potentially go back to the same surgeon again because I trust them to cut me open <laughs> a second time. Um, is that, you know, particularly for coaching and consulting, we we typically don't have a great client retention, mm-hmm. right? 50 to 60%. So if you count up all the clients that you've had in your business and go, how many of these are still with me? Right. If we keep having to go back and date again, you know, the proverbial date, it's very, very difficult to then grow a business. Absolutely. Right. And if you've got less than 50%, it's you'll find yourself, we've talked about it, right? You find yourself getting to a certain point and going, why can't I get past this revenue figure? I see a lot of people very frustrated because they go through the win and the excitement of a new client. And then lose an old client, get a new client, lose an old client. And there's this constant status quo of of nothing moving. And I think when we were doing some research for this episode, you were saying the average retention rate or the average churn. I'm not sh- sure which way you were saying well, same it. Same thing. You, you're you're going to flip it on. One side's, one side's retention, the other side's churn, right? So for. Yeah. So it was saying, or you found that the average for coaches and consultants is 50 to 60% which means at the end of the year, you will have lost half the clients that you acquired, which yeah. sounds like a lot of hard work. It is. All right? And it just means after, if you think about that, all right, after two years, right, um, you, you're down to, you know, let's say, imagine you signed 25 clients in the, in the first year. By year two, you've only got 12 of those. By year three, you're down at six. five, six of those mm. and having to replace the other 19 clients. Again, a lot of work to keep replacing clients, which is probably why if you're listening to this, you're going, oh, is that why I can't grow very quickly? Mm, okay. mm. There's a whole bunch of reasons you probably you could be using, but you know, if you're thinking you're, you're stuck and you can't grow, maybe it's not actually how you win the business in the first place. It might actually mm. be whether you can keep them. Absolutely. Well, we've talked a lot about why this topic's important. Let's talk about what you can actually do because that's what we're here to do. Say there are some things that you can put in place to decrease the churn or the other flip side, increase your customer retention. I'm going to leave the most important one to last because I think that this is one that's very rarely talked about. So let's start with some other things first. And I think the first one is sort of regular check-ins. 
there's different ways that you can do this. Definitely have them automated in your CRM is a great way to, to start this process off. This is definitely your area of expertise, Tim. Yeah. What can you and talk to? And they can actually be auto, completely automated. Yeah. The text message or the email says, hey, how's it going? Mm. Or it could be a reminder to you to check in. We can automate yeah. that as well. Yeah. So it could be a reminder to say, hey, Sam, you need to check in with these clients this week and you could manually text them or manually email them or it could be an automated email text that goes directly to the client. Did I get that right? That's what you meant? You did indeed. Excellent. What are some other ways that, or some other strategies that we can put in place to keep a client? I reckon one of the easiest ones is just to have longer contracts. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think in the the coaching consulting world, we see, and particularly if you've got course material, and you know, there's, there's a real shift, okay, obviously, because it creates massive leverage for you, but you're going, here's my online course. Here's my online course. Go and do my online course. And your online course is six week, eight, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And someone goes through it, and then there's nothing else beyond that. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I know both you and I are massive fans of a kind of a hybrid mm-hmm. business model mm-hmm. um, where you have some online course material and tools and some coaching and consulting, which is sort of ongoing. But if immediately if you make your course longer and so maybe deliver that material over 12 months, okay, or two years, you're giving someone a roadmap to where you want to go over a longer period of time. So mm. that immediately improves your retention because you've got more stuff. Mm. To do. Mm. Okay. So show someone the roadmap. And if you've got that eight-week course, well, make it really clear that this is just the foundational piece. And then at week nine, we move you on to this thing. Yeah. And so there's an ascension. And we move you on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So they've got a real ascension ladder. Yeah. Something I want to bring in on top of this is have a think about where your clients or customers are tripping or falling down or slowing down or getting stopped hitting roadblocks and what can you do to bring into your business model something that helps them to achieve that so if you find that you're teaching them a strategy and they're not implementing what can you do to help them implement that or what can you do to personalize something along the way you can put things into place so that they don't leave. This is how the genies came into effect. Yeah, you, you're really right, Sam. Um, you're looking at where people fall out or why they fall out, right? Ask people why they're leaving, right? Look mm. at, you know, measure the stats. Um, and, you know, I know people think marketing is just like build a website and put a pretty brand on it and, you know, run some Facebook ads and that's my mm. marketing. But marketing mm. is equally measuring your client retention and how do we turn someone from, um, you know, a purchaser of my product or a raving fan of my product. That's that's marketing as well. And we need to measure the what we're doing in this space and seeing does it actually make a difference on my retention. I actually just pulled some stats out of HubSpot, which I've got some, some really good stuff on here. Um, you know, insurance has a, a massive retention rate, 84%. Why? Wow. Because it just makes stuff easier. Banks have a great mm-hmm. retention rate. Mm-hmm. Right, because I just get used to just tapping my card and going and changing banks is 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 difficult. 
ever tried um, to change your account and have to change all your memberships and your payments and your and everything all the subscriptions else? And, it's ugh, horrible. Too hard, right? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, customer retention can also be make it hard to, to move away to something else, right? Let's not take that model on. Let's okay, not do that. that one, right? <laughs> but here's an interesting stat for you. One of the lowest one that they've got here on HubSpot. Uh, Tell me. Education technology, 4% retention. Oh, interesting. Right? Media, 25% retention. Right? SaaS, 35% retention. So software mm-hmm. as a service. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Probably because we're not getting people into the habit of using it. Right? So think yes. about your thing. All right? Are you tracking whether people show up to your program? All right? Are they logging into your course? If they're not... Look at why not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe reach out and say, hey, you find it difficult to log in. I notice you haven't logged in for two weeks. Mm-hmm. If you don't do those kinds of things and measure what people are doing, they'll just disappear and mm. you'll find you have that low customer retention. Mm. I think that creating a community is another really great way to keep a customer retention high when they're connected with other humans within a community that uh, people that are going on the same journey because when you've got the support of someone else that really understands and empathizes with what you're going through it creates a very tight bond and if you can create that community around uh, around your clients even if you work with them one-on-one it can be a really great uh, retention strategy oh look absolutely true Sam, I think absolutely too, right? You know, as humans, we're primarily geared to want association with people going through the same stuff as us. Mm-hmm. And if you can create that bond that these people are also experiencing the same things and going in to get, you know, through the same things, you know, they'll feel appreciated, they'll feel understood. And mm-hmm. that's way better than any sort of pricing or discounting or or anything in terms of creating that loyalty to what it is that you do. Absolutely, because that loyalty comes from the transformation. That's what yeah. we're here to do to to transform. Now, I mentioned the the one thing that I think is mostly overlooked in client retention, and I don't hear very many people talking about this. But this, I think, is even more valuable than all of those things together, even though we do all of those things. But this is onboarding, and onboarding for client retention is so important because right from the beginning of your let's call it contract you're setting clear expectations in this is what you can expect from me and this is what i expect from you things like i expect you or you can expect from me that you know that i'll be delivering xyz strategies i will be doing this i'll be you know providing this But more importantly, from the other side, what I can expect from you is that you show up consistently. Things like when you've got a question, ask. Uh, And and this is setting up the expectation of you need to show up and not hide under a rock. And when you're setting that expectation up front, that client is more likely to show up. And we all know that the clients that show up are more likely to stay. Yeah, I think that's so true, Sam. I um, one of the exercises I do with my clients, you know, when we're sort of mapping their customer journey, and I know you do a very similar process in yours, is that people are going through this emotional range mm-hmm. as they Big. sort of move move through your business, 
you know, as much as we we like to think we're all robots, we 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 function without in the absence of emotion when we're making decisions. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. Right? We're emotional. We're emotional creatures. Now, so when we first discover, you know, your business, we're going to we want you know what we're trying to manufacture with our marketing is an emotion, mm-hmm. right? So it might be curiosity the first time I see you. It's like, oh, what is that? Mm. Okay. That's typically the first time we create awareness, we want to create curiosity, right? So your headlines and your copy and content and images all need to evoke curiosity, mm. right? Then as we move people through our journey, we need to create hope. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've got that problem and you seem to have the solution for me that I've been searching for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. When we get to this onboarding stage, someone's just outlaid potentially a big chunk of cash mm-hmm. for you. What's the emotion they're feeling? They're feeling, have I made the right decision? Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're excited and scared all at the same time. And excited and scared mm. all at the same time. They're gone, right? So they're probably feeling, even not excited, they're probably feeling uncertain right, and unsure if they've made the right decision. It's what we call buyer's remorse. Mm-hmm. What we need to do with our onboarding stage is take that uncertainty and fear and turn that into excitement and optimism. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you're on, if you don't create an onboarding experience, you're going to leave people in this position of fear and uncertainty mm. if they've made the right choice. And our onboarding experience has to change that to excitement and optimism again. Mm. And certainty, okay. like flipping and, and that. Particularly certainty. Yeah. Particularly certainty. Yeah. Just knowing, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what's going to happen next. This is what I can expect. This is what needs to be done. All of a sudden you're taking away that that fear of, oh, I'm feeling like I don't know what's happening. It's that out of control, overwhelmed feeling. And, and we're containing all of that going, no, it's all right. We've got you. We've got your back. This is what's happening. Yeah. I'm curious. What's something you think is really cool about your onboarding experience? And there you go. I just love doing this because it just makes a difference every time. What I love about our onboarding and our clients often are a bit like, oh, like in a bit of shock when we go through it is that we say we're go- we give them a long list so there's a you know we promise to do this and this is what we expect from you and the, our side is we've got all these promises it's a very 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 long list like and it's showing we've got your back this yeah. is what you can expect from us and i i think that it's something that they've not normally come across and they normally have you know have a oh that's not what i was expecting oh I don't have to worry anymore because you've got my back. And then when we flip to the other side and say, we've only got three things that we, re- you know, we require from you. And I think that that just gives them that, that space to go, nah, they've got me. Um, so it's not anything specific. It's, ju- it's just that feeling. And it's that feeling that we get every single time that we onboard a new client. Huh, they've got, they've got my back. I feel okay. Yeah, I do love this idea of asking your client for some commitment and onboarding as well. It's not just... Mm-hmm a commitment of cash mm-hmm. right? that they've made. And here's what I promise for the cash. There's this other relationship where, you know, if we work together, we'll get your result. Not mm. if we do the work and you have to do nothing, we'll get mm. you the result. Mm. Um, and I, one of the things that I do in our onboarding experience is I actually tell my client what makes them an A client. 
Oh, nice. Because everyone wants to be an A client, right? That's right. You know, so this is what it looks like when you're a D client for us. And this is what it looks like when you're an A client for us. Oh, nice one. Okay. The other thing that I've, I've started to do, um, which I find really effective, is to kind of outline the process of what to do if things are not meeting your expectations. Yes, we do the same thing. Okay. Exactly so the same if thing. it's not working for you, this is how we resolve things that's not working for you. Okay, mm, this is I the like process that. we'll go through. And I think, again, that onboarding is so much about setting expectations of what's going mm-hmm. to happen here. Mm-hmm. But you also need to kind of just refresh and say, well, if it doesn't quite work out the way you think it's working out or on either side we're unhappy, this is what we're going to have. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. I like that you mentioned that. That is something that we say if we do something to upset you or that doesn't meet your expectations, please tell us so that we can make it right. Yeah, and, and vice versa. <laughs> love Because if love you it. do stuff that's not working for us, this is the process we'll, get, we'll take you through. Yeah, really love this. I think this is such a valuable topic because it's like we mentioned right at the beginning, it's such an overlooked reason as to why you're possibly unable to grow your business a lot of people like we said they talk about lead generation they talk about sales but if you could just increase your customer attention and add new clients like your business will explode yeah well i mean you don't even have to have much right and let's let's talk about and and you're right it doesn't even need to explode right just adding that's right okay i mean even we know you're trying to add new clients okay Mm -hmm. i think that goes without saying um, the chance of achieving 100% retention, uh, probably not really possible. It's not really likely. Okay, not really likely, right? Because there's all sorts of circumstances outside of your control. Might move away, might close your business, might all get sorts. to a point where you can no longer serve them and you want mm-hmm. to encourage them to move on to the next the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an important thing we need to keep in mind as well, Sam. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just... And there's some studies out of Harvard Business School that sort of suggest that if you can increase just a 5% um, increase in customer attention, mm-hmm. it could be between 25 to 95% increase in your bottom line profits. Mm, just run those numbers. It can be very exciting. Okay. It's pretty easy to get 5% increase in customer attention. Mm, mm, mm. Love it. Great topic, Tim. I've really enjoyed unpacking this with you. This is a a topic that I really love. I know it's a topic that you really love too. If you've listened to this episode and you've got any ahas, something really stood out to you, or you've got any questions and you would like us to dive deeper in another episode, please reach out to us on the socials. You can find all the links in the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode and we'll catch you all next week for another episode of Influence by Design. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. Thank you.